by The Way in Brea. Lead pastor Von Jarrett has a heart for the people at The Way and a desire to reach the lost. The Way's production department prays this message is a blessing to you and that you find yourself closer to God through application. Our January series uh, to start off the, the new year is titled uh, Coming of Age. Coming of Age because it's 2018 and 18 is what it means to come of age. As a church, we're all going to enter into 2018 today. And what is it that, that 18 really symbolizes? Maturity, adulthood, graduation. <laughs> For some of us, continuation. <laughs> and in America, ultimately, 18 is about the age of accountability. Bring those on up here. So for those of us that are, that are a little bit older, you get to feel like you're 18. You get a birthday today. Amen. If you act right, maybe we'll give you a balloon. I, I feel bad as a, as a parent. Uh, here, RJ, see if you can separate these for me. I feel bad as a parent, we, we picked up all these balloons, and my son's birthday is tomorrow. And he was like, oh, Dad, you got balloons for me? I was like, sure did, son. So we got to see if we can make one of those say 10 after church today. Go ahead, put one over there for me, please. I'll take one. 18, coming of age. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 14 and 15 says, We should no longer be children, say children, children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, say love, love. that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. My heart's desire is for all of us to develop and to grow up in the faith this year. To no longer act like children, to behave like children, to be tossed and fro, to and fro, not only by other people, but by our own emotions throughout the year. To stabilize, to mature, to grow up into who? Christ says that he's the head, that that should be our aim, that that should be where we are setting our focus and our attention and our eyes and where it is that we're striving to get to. I watched that video and uh, the, just the spirit of God just kind of rose up inside of me and I said, you know what? I'm no longer going to compare myself to other pastors. I'm no longer gonna compare our church to other church, our congregation to other congregations. I know for a fact that God is in this church. Yeah. I don't have to wonder, I don't have to ask about it, I don't have to consider whether or not uh, if we were doing something different or a different place or whatever you want to, however you could look at it, 
I don't have any time for that in 2018. I can look at that video. It's nine minutes long, and it's just a fraction of what God did throughout the year. God's done miracles in this church. The love of God is in this church and in the people in this church. I think comparison can cripple us. If you look at your life, if you look at the church and you compare it to other churches, you can be crippled. If you look at your life and you compare it to somebody else's life, you can be crippled. Instead of just acknowledging who God is and what he's doing and praising him for it. This year, I believe, is going to be a year where we come of age. We reach a place of personal accountability and maturity. As a congregation, as a church, great, but you as an individual need to come of age. There's no kids in the sanctuary right now. The kids go to class. The adults who have put away the childish things, they stay in here to grow. Somebody say amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Right? When you begin to, uh, to look at just that video, like I said, uh, the things that we did, the places we went, the things the women did, the men did, the Jericho prayer conference, sending out missionaries like Sarah overseas. She's going to be gone for nine months, not back till September. You can really begin to see the substance of what we hoped for. If you backtrack to the end of 2016, we're entering into 2017, we would have said, we want to see people get saved. We want to send people places they've never been before. We want to see people get married. We want to see people come out of things that they shouldn't be involved in. And we can see now, if you look back, the substance of what we hoped for. Everything we would have said, look, Lord, we would love to see this happen. He actually did it. Amen. There's evidence of the things that we can't really see, the only reason we can't see it sometimes is that our emotions cause us to go blind. See, there's substance. If you look at it on a video in a flashback of nine minutes, you're like, oh, I can actually, there's substance. It's real. But it says that you have to see the evidence of what you can't see. We can't see it because we didn't stay in a, in a slideshow kind of emotional state throughout the year. Our emotions went all over the place. Somebody say Amen. amen. One minute you're happy, the next minute you're sad. One month it's the best thing ever and God can't be stopped. The next month you're ready to just give up and throw in the towel. Some people in the holidays are just having joy and there's presents everywhere. Other people are like, man, I don't even want to go outside because I don't get any presents. I can't afford to give any presents. There's this emotional roller coaster. But God says in the spiritual realm, you got to be able to see that I'm moving, that I'm doing all the things that I promised that I would do. On Wednesday night, we started our, our new Bible study uh, in the book of Hebrews. And, we, and uh, during the course of the whole two verses that we got through, uh, we looked at this scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 44. It says that there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward is the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. 18 is the year that we make a conscious decision to live as heavenly men and women. The natural comes first and then the spiritual. 
So if you've had a natural in your past, it could have been 17, 16, whenever it was, that's in the past. The natural needs to be done away with and the heavenly needs to be ushered in. You have to make a conscious decision to say, I want to live as a heavenly man. I want to live as a heavenly woman. After the second Adam, the last Adam, Christ. Not after the first Adam who failed and fumbled, lost uh, dominion, let his, let his wife be led astray and eventually died. Because he listened to the enemy instead of the Lord. The Lord said, if you eat of it, you're going to die. The enemy came in and said, you're not really going to die. He lived a whole bunch of more years physically, but spiritually he was dead. This year cannot be a dead year spiritually. It has to be a, a life-giving, a full life, a spiritual life type year. Put the old body to death and put on Christ. Can we pray? Yeah. Amen. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We ask that you would help us to come of age, Lord God. It doesn't matter what our natural and physical age is here, Lord, this morning. We understand that there is a growing up, Lord God, that there is an age of accountability, that there is somewhere that you desire to take us. We understand that you are a God of seasons. You've given us seasons to be able to recognize things, Lord, to be able to prepare for the things that are ahead of us, Lord God. We ask that this season would be one of growth, would be one of maturity, Lord God, that our eyes would be open, that we would be able to see, Lord, that we would even look back on the things that you've already done that have prepared us for what you're going to do in the future, Lord God. We pray over every home represented in this place, every relation represented, uh, relationship represented in this place, Lord God, every family, every child, Lord our extended family, Lord, that you would do something. There's promises that you're making for 2018 that you will bring to pass just like you did in 2017, Lord. You are a good God. You are not run by your emotions, Lord. You set your eyes upon something. You speak your word and it comes into existence, Lord. Let our ears be open. Let our eyes be open to be able to hear what it is that you're speaking into our lives, Lord God. Let our, let our eyes see as you begin to manifest it in our lives. And then let us be a people who would worship you and give you honor and glory for all that you've done. We love you this morning. We need you now more than we did yesterday, Father God. Have your way in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. So coming of age, 2018, coming of age. Our week number one of our series, the title is The Blessing of Reflecting. The Blessing of Reflecting. Of reflecting. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 says, again, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Growing up is about reflecting, putting away childish things and looking in the mirror. We have to Put away childish things. We have to, of our own accord and with our own strength, of our own free will, say, this is childish, I'm going to put it away. This is something for a kid, and I will no longer uh, behave that way or act that way. Entertain these things. Maturity in the kingdom is something that takes time. Don't get me wrong. You do have to grow. You do have to go through some things. You do have to have some experiences. But it's not determined by our physical age. You know, when I watched that video... And I see Malia with a Bible in front of her and a, and a pencil in her hand and her finger on some words. I said to myself, I wonder how many adults have done that this year. It doesn't matter how old you are when it comes to spiritual maturity. She, these kids may have read more of the Bible last year than many of us. Yes, right. Coming of age. 
started today, our series started today with this video and a handout. And what is that about? It's about looking back and reflecting, right? The scripture said, I put away childish things, but then I look in this mirror and it reflects back at me so I can see who I am. I can see who God is. I can see what God has done in my life and how he's changed me, how he's shaping me, how he's molding me, how he's transforming me, right? <clears throat> when you look at that list of, of sermons that were preached in 2017, I wonder which ones changed your makeup? Which ones where you came in on a Sunday morning and you looked a particular way, but because of what God spoke and because of what God said, because of what you had your ears open to, because of what you had your eyes open to see, when you go back and look in the mirror, you could say to yourself, I'm not the same that I was before. I don't look the same. I can see past maybe my physical stature and I can see my brain, I can see my heart, and it's different. Will you reflect? Will you look at it and say, man, God gave me something. When you look at that video, does it inspire you to overcome your emotions? Our emotions get the best of us. We're human. We're, we are just, we're, we're, the Bible says that we're but a vapor, that God knows that we're fragile. So don't get me wrong, but what we have to do is say, Lord, what would I have missed or what, what, what sections of that video was I not in because my emotions got the best of me and I couldn't see what you were doing. Is 2018 going to be a list of, you know, this part was good and then I missed all of this and then this part was good and then I missed all of that or maybe I did Sundays but I don't do Wednesdays. You know, I want us to, to grow up. There are people who were saved in 2017 in this church. And I watched them make a conscious decision and effort to say, I don't want to just be saved. I want to grow in my salvation. Amen. There are people who have been saved for a long time. And last year, I watched them make a conscious decision and say, this year, I want to grow in my salvation. Then there was a whole bunch of other people that just survived 2017. Which will you be this year? Many of us are trying just not to backslide. <laughs> I just want to still be here at the end of next year. I just want to be here when the new year starts. Nah, forget that. It's not just about making it to the end of a year. It's about being able to say, I grew, I changed, I matured. I'm no longer a child. How many of you know people that maybe you went, you went to high school with and you run into them, it's like, dude, you haven't changed. <laughs> Girl, you haven't changed. You, have, you got older, but you haven't matured. This morning, listen to this. I walk into to Vons. I did my due diligence and ordered these balloons yesterday. <laughs> I walk into Vons to pick them up, and I begin to tell the, the young lady, okay, you know, these are the ones. We, we need some that say 18. And then she asked me, she said, uh, is it an 18th birthday, or who is it for? Is it a boy or a girl? And then I was like, no, it's for the church, and we're going into a new year, and we're about to mature. And she was like, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but she... she she, she messed me up <laughs> because as we're talking about this, she was like, did you go to La Mirada High School? I was like, no. <laughs> I know somebody that looks like me that did, though. What, why, what'd he do? No, she was like, did you go to La Mirada High School? I said, yeah. She said, is your name Vaughn? I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I said, yeah, I went there. And, and then I did. I said, I apologize. Anything that I did, I said, can I ask you a question, though? I said, was, was I an all right person? She was like, well, <laughs> let's just say that you were young. <laughs> so we talked for a few minutes while she finished the, the, rest of these, the rest of these balloons and talked about God, talked about my wife and my kids, talked about her husband and, and her kids. Asked her about church and stuff, and, and she told me something that her husband had been through and, and gave her one of the flyers for the church and said, listen, you know, maybe he might not want to come to church like you said, but he can listen and maybe he can connect, maybe he can relate. I said, you can get a hold of me now, and you can text, you can, you can get on the app, you can let us know if there's something we could pray for you for. I hope, because she was like, my faith is strong, but we don't serve God because my husband's faith is just, it's just not, it's not where it needs to be. I said, well, maybe this will be a beginning, right? But here's the thing. I'm not who I was when she knew me before. Right? But I don't want to be who I was when she saw me today in the first week of 2019. If she were to see me again in 2019, I would expect for her to be able to say, man, I, I saw you a year ago and something's changed about you. Something's different. We can't just say, look, that's how I used to be when I was a kid. That's how I used to be before I knew the Lord. No, every single day, every single month, every single year, you should be growing and it should be noticeable. It's not just going to happen. You have to be intentional about it. Somebody say amen. amen. The good news is, even if we were not intentional in 2017, God still did some things, and he will allow us to look back and reflect. Amen. Reflect on what he did, reflect on what he's doing, and prepare you for what's ahead of you. Jesus put it like this. John 14, 26, Jesus says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So what, what Jesus says is, listen, my spirit is going to be sent by my Father, and when you receive my spirit from my Father, he will teach you everything that's ahead. He knows what's going to happen in February of 2018. He knows what's going to happen in June. He knows what's going to happen in November. He knows what's going to happen at Christmas. And what, what Jesus says is if you let him, if you seek him, if you show up early for prayer, if you come to praying in the spirit, if you wake up and pray on your own, he'll show you what's ahead of you. And then he says, but listen, he also has this awesome mirror that will reflect back and he can show you what I already told you and taught you in 2017. If you don't float. If you don't just roll through the year. If you don't just say, my only goal is to show up on Sundays. He can teach you what's ahead and he can reflect and help you to reflect on what's behind. So how do we become a church that really understands the blessing of reflecting? It's a blessing. It's a, it's a benefit. It's a gift of God to be able to do that. So we're going to be looking at one portion of scripture. Exodus chapter 16 uh, is where we're going to be. If you can turn there, go ahead. It'll show for you if you can't, if you don't have a Bible, if you get there on your phone. Exodus chapter 16, the blessing of reflecting. <clears throat> Verse 1, Exodus 16. The... Uh, the children of Israel have, have been saved. 
The children of Israel have been delivered from Egypt and they are on their way. They're journeying with God. They're leaving the past behind and they're moving forward like hopefully many of us have a testimony of in our personal lives. And, and this is what it says. They journeyed from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of sin. How many of you guys know a little bit about the wilderness of sin? Well, that's where they were. It's between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month, after they departed from the land of Egypt, so it's early in their salvation. They just got out a couple months ago. <laughs> then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will make, or excuse me, whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? Also Moses said, This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, said all the congregation of the children of Israel, come near before the Lord. He's heard your complaints. And it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness. And behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was that quails came up at evening and covered the camp in the morning. And in the morning the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted there, on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it out by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. Moses said, let no one leave any of it until morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses. But some of them left part of it until the morning, and it bred worms, and it stank. Moses was angry with them, so they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need, and when the sun became hot, it melted. And so it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is the Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, boil what you will boil, lay up for yourself all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. And Moses said, Eat that today. 
for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you will gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the, the Sabbath, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place. And on the seventh day, so the people rested on that seventh day and the house of Israel called its name manna. Stop there, verse 31. Great story. It's a true story. <laughs> you guys ever read the Bible and, and think that like it's some kind of metaphor, it's not real? It's all true stories. It's real. God raining down food from heaven. Go stand in front of Walmart and see if he'll... So a couple things I want to I share with you guys this morning. Number one, don't look back with hopes of going back. See, we can, we can talk about the blessing of reflecting, but I don't want you to misunderstand this. We're not supposed to look back with this hope that maybe we can go back. It says the whole congregation of the children of Israel, in verse 2, complained against Moses and in Aaron, and the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full. You brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. I wish you would have never told me about Jesus. I wish you would have never told me that I could be set free from my addiction. I wish you would have never told me that I had to be faithful to my spouse. Because now that I'm trying to do all this stuff, my life sucks. And I want to go back to when I didn't care. We might not say it that bluntly, but our actions sometimes say that. I wish I didn't know what I know now because I could be much happier doing what I used to do and being where I used to be. They came out of Egypt, and they were like, it was better to be slaves. Yeah, we were slaves. Yeah, the enemy had a chokehold on us, but at least we had nice places to live and we weren't in the wilderness. We liked that Egyptian food. <laughs> now we're out here hungry, and we're supposed to be the people of God. How many of us find ourselves saying, why am I suffering, and I'm supposed to be a man of God, or I'm supposed to be a woman of God, and he's supposed to be raining down blessings on me? And we spend all of our time thinking about how to get back or how far back we can go. We might not want to go all the way back, but every day it's almost like we take one step. Is this okay? Can I go back this far? Can I still do this? Can I still do that? Do I have to do this? How about right here? Is this far enough? What are we doing? I'm speaking to Christians this morning who should not be second-guessing their decision to follow Christ and considering going back to Egypt. If you're not considering going back to Egypt, going back to the world of sin, it does not automatically mean that you are living uh, the Christian life without remorse and regret either, though. You can be standing still, not going back, but not going forward. Here's the thing. Nobody can go back to last year. You can't go any further back, even beyond last year. You can't fix anything that you broke last year. If there were gifts that God had for you last year, you can't go back and claim them. They're gone. And whatever was broken, that's broken and it's done. The only reason we should be looking back is to help us as we move forward. I know what I broke. I'm not going to break something this year. 
I can see now as I look back and reflect with the Lord that there were gifts along the road and I got off of the road. However, I'm not going to go back. What I'm going to do is make sure that I stay on the road in 2018. Practically, I want to speak practically to you this morning about this blessing of reflection and what you can actually do this year that will help you. So a practical tool in this particular area, what you need to understand is that some people and some things in the church and in your life are not coming back. I want to be as practical as possible. Some people are not coming back. Some things that you lost are not coming back. They're gone. Do not lose hope or joy or focus because of that. I know so many people, it's happened to me, but I know a lot of people that it continues to happen to them where all they can think of is the things that they've lost and it cripples them. Let's just recognize it ain't coming back. <laughs> it ain't getting fixed. It might not be restored. Don't act like a child who throws a temper tantrum and never forgets. Last night, I accidentally threw away my son's charger to his tablet. And he was hurt about it, but he's kind of like, he's like a Christian where you're hurt, but you try to act mature, right? So I told him, it's in the trash can. We're at family's house. Go look in there. He's like, I can't, I can't reclaim it. It was perfect for the message today. I looked in the trash can. I saw the bags. I can't jump in there. I can't get out, Dad. It's lost. It's gone. So we get in the car. We start driving all the way home. And I recognize about 20, 30 minutes in that I haven't heard a word from him. And I'm like, Nate. Yeah. What's wrong, man? He didn't say anything. I said, you upset that we threw away your charger? Yeah. So I was thinking to myself, he's trying to be good. He's trying not to say anything. He is hurt, but now he's silent and he's stuck in that spot. And I said, listen, son, I have a lot of other chargers like that. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be quiet. I got another one. I got one in the car right now. I pulled it out. I plugged it into the little USB thing. I put it on his, on his tablet. The light popped up. His face started shining. I said, I got stuff for you. Do not be so concerned with what you lost already. Just focus on who your father is, and he has something ahead of you. And then I took it, and I said, that one's for my beats, so you're going to have to get a different one. And then you know at the house is the other ones that I got for you. Either way, man, what kind of Christian do you want to be? Are you just throwing a temper tantrum and acting a fool? Or are you sitting in the back seat silent, knowing you're hurt? Either one of those is just as bad because you're not moving forward. You're not thinking about what God has ahead of you. So number one, don't look back with hopes of going back. Look back with hopes of not losing stuff in the future. Number two, think about how the Lord has provided for you. Man, what a problem. We don't even think about it. <laughs> think about how the Lord has provided for you. Listen to this. The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. The test is a test of contentment. Right? What has the Lord done for you? 
How has he blessed you? What has he given you? What has he literally rained down from heaven? And are you even thinking about it in the midst of your drama? 1 Timothy 6, 7 says, We brought nothing into this world, and it's certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. God says, listen, I'm going to test you. It's not a surprise test. It's not a pop quiz. You know in advance that I'm going to test you. I want to see if you're going to be content. I'm going to rain stuff from heaven down into your life, and then I'm going to watch and see how you act. He's the best teacher. He's like, I'm not trying to trick you, and I don't want you to fail. How many of you had teachers that like, you knew they wanted you to fail? Like it made them feel good if they could fail you. Godliness with contentment. He wants to know if you're going to walk in his law, if you're going to recognize what he's given you, be thankful for it, and then walk in his law. On Friday night, I got a lot of stories for you guys today. Friday night, I'm, uh, I'm trying to, to do right in 2018. My, my MO has been I want date nights with my wife all the time, at least once, twice a month, but I always take her to the movies as if she wants to go to the movies. I want to go to the movies. So this year I said, no, I'm about to grow up. Stop acting like a child. I ain't just going to take her to the movies. I'm going to take her to a nice dinner with no movie. She's going to have to talk. We're going to be the entertainment. So again, I'm trying to do better. I got ahead of it. I made reservations. We went to this restaurant called Orange Hill up on the, up on the mountain. You go, come on now. Watch out. So I make these reservations. And one of the other things that I'm trying not to act like a child in maturity and growing up is being patient with people. I love my mother, Miss Peaches, she already knows. She was coming to watch the kids. I said, Mom, if you could be here by like 4, 4.30, it'll be perfect. And I didn't even tell her why, because, because I'm just thankful that she's coming, right? So 5 o'clock rolls around, and she texts me. I'm about 15, 20 minutes away. And the child in me was like, I said 4 o'clock, 4.30. But the one who put away the childish thing said, take your time, we'll see you when you get here. <laughs> Knowing that the reservation was at 5.30, I wanted to see the sunset on the mountaintop and all that kind of stuff, right? right? So instead of doing what I would have normally done back, you know, back in the day when I was a child in 2017, yes. that was like a couple days ago, we get in the car, I don't say anything to, to my mom, give her a big hug, big kiss. Mary's like, oh, where are we going, you know? Should we go to Flame Broiler? I was like, you ain't going to Flame Broiler tonight. <laughs> and we start driving. We get onto the 241 um, expressway over here, and all of a sudden, all the traffic start, starts hitting. And I'm thinking to myself, like, come on, Lord, I've done enough in the area of patience tonight. <laughs> like, I've grown a lot in the last few hours. <laughs> But all the, all the traffic starts stopping, and I'm trying to figure out, like, come on, you know? And as we get to why it's stopping, there's no police lights yet, no, no nothing like that. And everybody slows down, and then they start speeding up. When we get to the spot where everybody's slowing down, they start speeding up, we see an overturned pickup truck. And then Mary's like, you know, did it just happen? And as we're looking, people are still crawling out of the car. So everybody else is slowing down and then just vroom, taking off. And we see them crawling out of the car. We see toddlers. We're on the freeway. 
So I pull over to the, to the left side of the road, and because people are still at that point of, of sl uh, slowing down and stopping, I'm able to run across the freeway, literally pick a child up out of the car, out of the lady's arms, grab her by one arm, get him off to the side of the road. The pickup truck, the tail end of it is, is into the third lane, and you can't see it. So three or four minutes pass by, Everybody's trying to call the police, but because of where we are, nobody can get a hold of the police. So they're not even on the way. The ambulance isn't on the way. The driver has his wrist broken. The, the grandmother can't get off the floor. The grandfather doesn't speak English, and he's just out of it. And then there's these two kids, and kids are awesome. The one that was like eight or nine, she had her tablet out, so I don't care, on the side of the road. The other little baby girl who I had in my arms, I'm talking to her, and she's just crying, and then she's okay. And then she's crying, and then she's okay. I was like, hey, do you know who Jesus is? She's like, yeah, his birthday just passed. I was like, yes. That's right, his birthday just passed. And then as I look up, cars are flying now because all the stuff's out of the, out of the, that's been run over. So cars are flying at 70, 80 miles an hour. Mary's on the other side of the freeway. She's like, get out of the road. Get out of the road. Pick up the, the lady in one arm, pick up the child in the other arm, climb over the little um, barricade on the side of the freeway, and we start walking towards the traffic because the cars are behind us. We literally get maybe 15, 20 feet past, and somebody hits the truck because they can't see it because there's no lights on it. It's sticking into the third lane. Cars are flying everywhere. They're rear-ending each other beyond the accident. And I'm thinking to myself, A child's upset that he didn't get out of his house when he wanted to get out of his house. A child is thinking that everything in the world is about him and his date. God's like, I got stuff to do. I got people that need you. Grow up. It's time to come of age in every area of your life. It's time to remember that I'm God. I own all this stuff. When we finally did get to the, to the restaurant and we're looking, at, we're looking out over everything and Mary's like, man, we're so small. As far as we could see right now is literally like two cities. God's orchestrating the whole world. The whole world. Right. I hate to, I don't even hate to do it. It ain't about you. Only one thing is about you, your salvation. Will you be content? He says, look, I'm going to rain down blessings from heaven, and then I'm going to test you to see if you're going to follow me. I'm going to give you a wife. I'm going to give you kids. I'm going to give you a mother that will babysit for you. I'm going to give you the resources to go have a nice dinner. But I want to see if you're going to be content, if you're going to focus on yourself and just drive through when people are hurting, or if you're going to focus on me and what I need you to do whenever I need you to do it. Jesus said like this, Matthew 6, 9. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And listen to this. Give us this day our daily bread. Like today. This day, let it come down from heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. That was my daily bread for Friday. But I didn't really want that. That wasn't what I had on the menu. What about you? As we mature, as we come of age, 
we have to look back and see what it is that God is actually offering us. What it is he's actually providing us according to his word and according to his promises. Many of us, if we think about 2017, we say, we didn't get what we wanted. We didn't get what we asked for. We didn't get what we prayed for. And God's like, look, I rained down manna for you. You just didn't really focus on what it was. <laughs> Isn't that what they told Moses? The, the cloud lifted, the, the mist lifted, and they're like, well, what is that? And he's like, that's the bread. You don't even know what it is, but that's the bread. It's been provided for you. They didn't even consider the manna. You got a handout of a year's worth of manna in this church. Did you consider it? Did you really consider it? I wonder what would happen if every Sunday afternoon of last year, you, you left church and you said, man, let me look at this manna. Every Wednesday night, Thursday morning, because we get out late. <laughs> Imagine if every Thursday morning you're like, let me take a, a little bit closer look at this manna. What if Monday became your day of reflection? What if your devotional time was to pray about what you heard on Sunday? Specifically for you. Imagine if God from heaven is raining down something just for you this morning. And all you got to do is spend a few minutes to say, let me look at it. What was it, Lord? There's a blessing in reflecting. Number one, don't look back with hopes of going back. Number two, think about how the Lord has actually provided for you. What did he rain down on you? Number three in our coming of age is reading, writing, and arithmetic. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. At 18, the school system in the United States should have taught you a general level of reading, writing, and arithmetic. You should be proficient in these basic things when you come of age, when you become an adult, when you enter into society as a productive adult. Reading is about comprehension. Writing is about expression, and arithmetic is literally about things adding up. When you become an, uh, become an adult, you need to be able to comprehend some things and understand some things. You also need to be able to express some things to people, and things have to add up. You are behaving like a child if you look at your life and it ain't adding up, and you act as if it is. Does that make sense? Like, do the math. If it's adding up, praise God for that. If it ain't adding up, don't just act as if it is. You spend... $3,000 a month and you make $2,000 a month, that ain't adding up. Go to financial peace. Class in March. <laughs> FPU. That's what it means to be an adult. Children don't consider the fact that it's not adding up and they continue to behave a certain way. Oh, but we're going to come of age this year. I can literally see the difference most of the time in growth in people's lives when it comes to the people who are still reflecting on the message throughout the week. <clears throat> They'll post about what God is doing in their life. Not just in our church, other churches too, but specifically in our church. Like when I see somebody post on later on Sunday or throughout the week about something they heard on Sunday or something they heard on a Wednesday, and then I look at their life, like those people who are still reflecting, they grow. The people who are 
texting, like people will text me and say, what did this mean? What was that scripture? I didn't quite understand this particular part. Those people are growing. You know why? They're still reflecting on what it is that they heard. They'll ask me questions for clarification. They'll text other people. This is a text that me and one of the other uh, instructors from our, our Wade development courses, we got this text yesterday. Say yesterday. yesterday. Text comes through. Good morning, gentlemen. So I'm only on page 22 in Of Water and the Spirit, and I'm enjoying it so much. I'd been dreading to read because one, the writer John Piper was kind of loopy for me, and I presumed that this book would be the same. They're in the second course, and they're talking about the book from the first course being a little bit challenging. I assumed that it would be the same, and number two, being of a Catholic upbringing, I thought, it, I thought I'd not be able to discern what was what. That is not so. This book is such a better read for me. I don't find it loopy and having taken advice to pray first for what it is that God has for me to keep, the Lord has totally given me the discernment and I've been able to recognize what is what. Thank you, Papa. She calls God Papa. You, talk, you, you see what I'm saying about growth? You see what I'm saying about reflecting? Y'all ain't ready. Thank you, Papa. Then it says, hope I hope that all that made sense. Bottom line is that I'm glad I finally started this book and I look forward to receiving what the Lord wants to give me. Happy Saturday. There's a blessing in reflecting. There's, there's reading, writing, and, and arithmetic here. They're reading and gaining comprehension as time goes on. They didn't just give up. Oh, that book was too hard for me. I'm not gonna... No, they struggled with the first one. They overcame their emotions. They started the second one. And then what happened? That reading became comprehension. They started to get it. Reading and then writing. They're writing to me and expressing what is going on spiritual, spiritually with them, which is a key to what Jesus does. If you want to grow with God, you cannot just receive. You have to express if you just think that you're going to keep getting stuff in, 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 and you don't ever go to the park and give somebody a burger, you don't ever go and hand out a flyer, you don't ever tell a coworker that Jesus loves them, if you don't let it out, it's not going to work in you. It's a key to everything that's Christian. God says, I put it in to, for you to let it out. I don't just put it in. What good is that? You're already saved. You don't need anything else. Why put anything else in you if you ain't going to share it with somebody else? And we wonder why we're not growing. We're not reflecting. I shared this last year. The statement was something along the lines of love is not complete until it's expressed. I can love Mary with all of my heart, with everything that I have. But if I don't hold her hand, if I don't hug her, if I don't tell her that I love her, if I don't take her to dinner, if I don't help her at the house, then that love is incomplete because it's not expressed. Everything in the Christian faith is that way. It's not complete until you express it. You can say you love God and you want to worship him, but until you open your mouth and you lift your hands and you bow your knee, it is not complete. So this person that texts us is reading and comprehending. They are uh, writing in a text message and expressing something. And then I'll guarantee you it's obviously adding up for them because listen to the end of their text. The statement they made was, I look forward to receiving what the Lord wants to give me. This person didn't say, I look forward to getting a, a certificate. 
This person didn't say, I look forward to being one of the ones that gets acknowledged for completing something. This person didn't say, I look forward to my pastor being pleased with me. What the person said was, I look forward to receiving everything that God wants to give me because they get it. It's adding up. That's why we come to church is because God wants to give you something. See, when you were a child, you wanted toys. And when you were an adolescent, you wanted games. But when you become an adult, you want things that will equip you for your life. This person wants something. They're like, I got a life to live. I got relationships to get healed. I got family to be restored. I got other people that need to be saved. God wants to give me something, and I want it. Children say, I'll just go to church, and I'll feel better about myself, and God will feel better about me, and everything's going to be all good. That ain't the truth, church. I asked Mary, you know, think the church is going to grow? We need new blood. I'm tired of looking at these people. <laughs> They're tired of looking at me. I didn't really say it like that, but ultimately, it's kind of like that. Like, more people is like, it reminds you about how important salvation is, but it also inspires people to be like, look, these people are growing, and there's more of them. So unless I want to grow, I'm going to be sitting here looking sideways. And as we were talking... We got back to the, to the point of, it doesn't matter if it grows or not, if the people who are here grow. We don't need more people. We need the people who are here to grow. And the reality is if the people here grow, more people will want to come. See, if you express, I, let, me, let, me, let me clarify. I believe that many of you are growing, but maybe the challenge is you're not expressing it, so nobody knows. I know. I can see it. Man, but you better post something. You better call somebody. You better share a message. You better testify. My marriage is different because of Jesus. You can have two people together talking about their marriage and their relationship, and one's like, oh, he's just, we've been so good, and he's so good to me, and she's so good to me, and we've been traveling. And the next person can say, hey, that's awesome, but Jesus is the reason for the love in my marriage. Like, say something. Testify. Last night, I was at Drip. Got another story. I ain't going to keep you too long. I was at the coffee shop last night. I'm downstairs. I look upstairs where I like to go and sit and have my coffee and, and look at what I'm going to be sharing with you guys. And there's this girl reading the book, and the title of the book is Joy. I was like, you don't know joy like I know joy? <laughs> so I get my coffee, and I do what I always do. Lord, if she's still there, that means you want me to say something. When I got my coffee, she was still there. I come walking up. I'm like, hey, uh, what's that book about? Joy. I said, well, you know, how do you find joy? And she said, well, this book is talking about the Dalai Lama, and it's talking about this person, and it's talking about if you just focus your attention on the better things in life, and you change your perspective, you can have joy. And I said, wow. <laughs> That's interesting. I said, but here's the thing. I said, I personally believe that joy is much greater than that. I said, to me, it sounds like what you're talking about is more like happiness. I said, happiness can come, happiness can go. You can try to be a powerful thinker who says, I'm not going to focus on the things that are bad. I'm going to focus on the things that are good. And I said, but what about the people that are not strong enough to think that way? I said, what about the people who have significant tragedy in their life and they can't just overcome it with happy thoughts? I said, is the joy that you're reading about in your book, is that only for a certain group of people or is there a joy that's available to everybody? And then she looked at me like, I didn't come here for all this. <laughs> so then I said, listen. <laughs> I said, listen, I'm a Christian. 
And the joy that, that Jesus offers is not contingent upon your ability to, to have strong, uh, positive thoughts. It's not contingent upon where you're born. It's not contingent upon what you have or what you don't have. It's a joy that comes from knowing him and knowing what it means to be saved and knowing that you have an eternity in heaven. Here's a card for our church. <laughs> and listen, if you don't make it to the church, where do you live? Oh, I live out in Riverside. I said, what you doing at Drip and Chino Hills? So I just like to come down here. I said, well, Brea's not too much further, but if you don't make it, it's not about whether or not you come to the church. If you have questions about real joy, you can call me. Amen. Right? You got to say something. You got to express it. My joy and my understanding of who Jesus was was not complete until I opened my, out, my mouth and started sharing with her. I got encouraged whether she did or not. I remembered where I found joy. I remembered what it is that I'm trying to preach to the people who are here. Amen. I want to close with what I think the key in our text this morning is that we have to comprehend, that we have to express in our words and actions, and we have to evaluate to see if it really adds up. Verse 4 through 8 and verse 16 through 20 real quick says, The Lord said to Moses, I'll rain down bread from heaven for you. The people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day. I may test them whether they walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day they shall prepare what they bring in. And it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Then Moses and Aaron said to the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you into the land of Egypt, out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against him. But... What are we that you complain against us? Also, Moses said, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints, which you make against him. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Before I finish, I, I just have to tell you one more thing. Yesterday, me and Mary were struggling and, and we got a little bit emotional because sometimes people project things onto us like they're mad at us. They're frustrated with us. Something I said, something she said, something I did, something she did, something we didn't do, something we didn't say, right? And this scripture again just reminded me, like, hey, don't put that focus on me. And don't put that focus on my wife. This is about you and the Lord. Children act like that. Children put that focus on me and on my wife or on anybody else within the church. Grown folks who have come of age, they deal with that stuff between them and the Lord. So Moses is like, why are you even focused on me? I'm not God. I couldn't deliver you from Egypt if I wanted to. God did that. So if you got any issues, go talk to him about it. He says, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. They went and measured it by omers. He who gathered much had, had nothing left over. He who gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, let no one leave it until the morning. But notwithstanding, without exception, they did not heed Moses. Some of them left part of it until the morning, and it bred worms, and it stank. And Moses was angry with them. <clears throat> so the comprehension portion this morning. God is teaching his people about need and provision. Say need. need. Say provide. provide. The lesson that we have to comprehend, God is saying there is a need and there is provision, but you have to be focused on what that is. They complained about bread. They complained about meat. They complained about what they left behind. And then what does God do? He says, oh, is that your need? Yes, you need bread. Yes, you need meat. You need protein. So I'm going to provide bread and meat. 
and you don't even have to labor for it. Think about it. The things that God provides, if you need them, you often don't have to labor for them because they're gifts of God. He knows that you need it. He says, you don't have to ask because I know what you need and I'll give you what you need. But most of us are focused on what we want instead of focusing on what we need that God already wants to give to us. Comprehend that this morning. Yesterday we went shopping. I wanted Reese's. I needed ground turkey. I went home with the need instead of my want. But we all know around 8.30 last night, that need <laughs> didn't quite satisfy as much as that want I thought would. Here's the thing. God is still today offering each of us bread and meat and drink that we do not have to labor for. Like what you need I guarantee you this morning, God is offering it freely to you. If this is a need, you don't even have to labor for it. Here it is. John 6, 53. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat of my flesh, of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. We have a need, and God has made a provision. They wanted bread. And they wanted meat, and God said, okay, this is a need I'm going to provide. Jesus comes and says, listen, I'm the bread from heaven. Whatever need you have, it might not be a physical hunger. It might be hope. It might be help. It might be finances. It might be joy. It might be restoration. It might be deliverance. No matter what it is, he's like, look, I'm the bread of life. I came down from heaven, and you didn't have to labor for it. You don't have to do anything. All you got to do is take it. All you got to do is walk out of your, your bedroom, and it's already on the ground for you. Just gather it. Could you imagine if everything you needed was already on the ground for you, all you had to do was gather it? Spiritually, that's the case. God says, in this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and give us this day our daily bread. Just give it to us. First thing I do when I wake up is I hit the shower so I can stay awake, and probably three out of seven days, I have to stop myself while I'm in the shower and say, Pray. You're already worried about stuff. You're already complaining. You're already thinking about what meeting you have to go to, what person you have to call, and what Google Doc needs to be updated, and what, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about all this stuff, and God's like, hey, there's manna on the ground. I got daily bread for you. Gather it. Stop focusing on all the rest of this nonsense. You don't even have to labor for it. And then if I'll just slow down for a minute and be like, oh, yeah, God, you're good. Thank you for this hot water. Is like perspective. There's a blessing in reflecting. That provision is only for that day, though. Say one day. day. You cannot expect to eat the bread from this Sunday all week. It's going to breed worms and it's going to stink. It's a good word today. And it's good for you and it'll sustain you. But if you try to survive on this word tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Friday, you're going to be eating decayed, maggot-filled bread. 
God said, it's, it's daily bread. But you think you're going to survive on one Sunday? What are you thinking? And you wonder why you get sick of church. And you wonder why you get sick of church people. It's because you're eating Sunday's bread the rest of the week. Wake up. Get some more bread the next day. It's fresh. You know what the problem was? They didn't have to really labor for the bread. It came dropping down out of heaven. They didn't even want to do the little bit of labor of walking outside and gathering it. Sometimes when I talk to people, I used to feel bad. They're like, it's hard for me to read, and I don't, I don't understand. And, and uh, Nope, I don't feel bad anymore. It fell down out of heaven. There's 18 different versions. You can listen to it. Just gather it. We got to stop feeling bad for each other. You know why we feel bad for each other? Because we're like a bunch of children talking childish to each other. And what do we think when the kids come running to us and they tell us why they're so upset? He hit me. He took my lollipop. He told me I'm not nice. As adults, we look at them when they talk like that, we're like, stop acting like babies. Grow up. In the church, in 2018, if you stay here, stop acting like babies. Grow up. Stop talking to each other like that. Stop holding grudges like that. Stop acting like that's the biggest thing going on. Go get some bread. It's on the floor. You need a daily devotional this year. You need time reading your Bible every day this year. You need to pray every day this year. You need to get into a course consistently being something that's helping you to grow. If you don't, don't be mad at somebody else when you're sick because you came and got a little bit of daily bread and tried to eat it all week or all month. Jesus said, go out and make disciples. We just finished our Matthew Bible study. He said, go make disciples and teach them. Don't go make people who can consistently gather at the church. Go make disciples. People who consistently gather at the church may be eating uh, their daily bread all week. Disciples know how to Go out and gather bread every day. In Joshua 1, it says, This book of the law will not depart from your mouth. you got to express it. You shall meditate in it day and night. Comprehend it. Why? Observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. If I treat you like children, then you will not be prosperous, and you will not have success. If you come of age and start acting like an 18-year-old grown person, you'll have success. So here's the final blessing of reflecting. Verse 22. So it was on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. The rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is the Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today. Boil what you will boil. Lay up for yourself all that remains to be kept until the morning. So they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Then Moses said, eat that today, for today is the Sabbath of the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you'll gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. It happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, and they found none. The Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandment and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. And the people rested on that seventh day. 
This is the blessing of reflecting. God makes a special provision to give us a time to think about all that he's done and all that he's provided. There is, there's this special provision where he says, listen, yes, you have to go out daily. Yes, you have to gather consistently. Yes, you have to do a little bit of labor. But I'm also going to give you a specific time where you can just reflect. You don't have to gather. You don't have to do anything. Just sit there and say, Lord, what have you done? What have you provided? The key to the Sabbath is not resting. It's reflecting. The key to the Sabbath is not resting. It's reflecting. When God finished creation in six days, and the Bible says that on the seventh day he rested, he was not tired. God doesn't get tired. He didn't say, oh, man, these planets. Whew. Oh, these people and these animals. Oh, it really taxed me. He's God. He doesn't get tired. So the key is not resting. He didn't need a nap. He didn't lay down. What he said was, I want to reflect on what it is that I've created. He looked at it, he said, man, this is good. It's good. Genesis 1.31, and then uh, verse 1 and 3 from chapter 2. God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. He finished. There's daily bread we got to go out and get, but there also has to be an understanding that the work of creating in us a new life is finished. So this is to the Christians who are nonstop workers. I like to work, I like to labor, I like activity, I like to be busy, but I can be just as ineffective as somebody who won't even go outside and gather the daily bread if all I do is work, and all I do is try to accomplish, and all I do is try to go further. God says, hey, slow down and reflect on my goodness and the work that I finished already. How many of you, when you made your New Year's resolutions, when you have your 2018 plan, when you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, how many of you not only have these goals, but you had a section that says, what has been finished? Nobody has that. Because that's about reflecting. Jesus is on the cross. John 19:30. And what did he say? It is finished. Bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. When you've come of age, some of us, we got some work to do. Others of us, when we come of age in the faith, we should consistently stop and remember that, hey, there's more I want to see. There's more I want to do. There's more people to, to see saved and more lives to be changed, more people to feed at the park, whatever it might be. <clears throat> but if we've received salvation through the finished work of Jesus on the cross, we already have that which matters most. Last night, again, I'm watching the video, and I'm thinking about 18 and people coming of age. And then I watched that video, and I'm like, man, saved, saved, saved. I look in the mirror, saved. Imagine if you also started the year of 2018, and you were able to say, hey, the big things are already finished. It's already finished. The heavy lifting is already done. 
<clears throat> a Sabbath rest. He'll make it last for that season of rest in your life. Those of you who are working yourself to death, take a day off. Take a day off, but reflect. Don't just rest. Don't just leave. Many of us take vacation. We go back to work more tired than we were when we stopped because we don't know how to reflect. Your restoration will come through reflection. We're going to pray. Why don't you guys stand? <clears throat> I believe God's going to do a lot this year. I believe people truly are going to come of age, that children will become adults, that people will grow, that people will be intentional here in this place, in this building. I believe that we won't focus on what we lost and what we lack and, and what we left behind, but we'll use those things to help us as we move forward. That we can just trust the Lord to be God. Trust that his work on the cross, when he says it is finished, that it's finished for many of us. The same way that he created the heavens and the earth and everything that filled them. And he looked and he said, this is very good. And he rested because that work was done. For some of us, the work of salvation, we've come to acknowledge it. We know where it came from. We know how it was provided for us. And we're able to look in the mirror and say, Lord, that which matters most is finished. I am saved. I know you. You live inside of me. You've sent your Holy Spirit to remind me of everything that you've done and said, but also to teach me everything that's ahead. Hallelujah, Lord. But there are some here in this place this morning, I'm sure of it, that the work which matters most is not finished. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been trying, you've been laboring, you've been trying to show up to services, you've been trying to talk to God, you've been wanting change. But you know, in your heart this morning that that work is not finished. You don't have the rest of the Lord. You know, the children of Israel, they came out of Egypt. They journeyed through this wilderness of sin, but they never found rest. When Joshua comes on the scene and he begins to take that promised land, Bible talks about if they had found the rest of the Lord, they wouldn't have had to keep going. There wouldn't have been something still yet further ahead. And even when Joshua was done and they had taken most of the promised land, the Bible says that it still wasn't done because Jesus hadn't come that people couldn't really find the rest they were looking for. Maybe you've been in Egypt and you've made your way out. Maybe even today you find yourself in the best place you've ever been. But you know you don't have the peace of the Lord. You know you can't just sit back and reflect. If you're here, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, just between you and the Lord is today, the first service of 2018, the day that you come of age. The day that you go from being a child to becoming a man or a woman of God, saved by his grace, the completed work of Jesus on the cross applied to your life, his righteousness imparted to you. Listen, what you need, you don't have to labor for. 
You can't fix it. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do. It's been freely given to you. Jesus is the bread from heaven. He came down and all you have to do is gather him in. Let him into your life. Let him into your heart. Don't focus on the workers and the laborers and the church and everything else that's going on. Just receive the free gift that came down for heaven for you. If that's you, heads about, eyes are closed. You're not saved, but you want to be. You want to receive him. You want to take him all the way in. The bread of life, Jesus says, if you eat of me, if you drink of me, you'll never die. I'll give you eternal life, free of charge. Just raise your hand if that's you. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. I see you, brother. I see you. I see you too, brother. God sees you. Listen, he says it's finished. It doesn't matter what you've been through, where you've been, or where you're going. The major work of your life, the reason that you were born, has been accomplished today. Here in this place, we see miracles. God says, yes, you belong to me. You used to belong to the enemy. You belong to me, and it's finished. You didn't do anything to earn my grace or my forgiveness, but I give it to you freely. I came down out of heaven. Thank you for receiving me. God, we thank you for these two men, Lord, that would acknowledge who you are, Lord. Invite you into their life, Lord. Save them. Heal them. Help them, Lord. Confirm. You said, Jesus, that you would send your spirit like a rushing wind. Send it into their lives, Lord. Give them comprehension of your word. Let them express, Lord, to others, their loved ones, their friends, their family, this church, what it is that you're doing, Lord. Even in the midst of confusion, let it out that it would be completed, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we just believe that it's going to add up. It's going to add up for them. It's going to make sense. They're going to be witnesses. We're going to be able to see what you've done in their life, Lord God. We know it to be true. Is there anybody else before we move on? Today's your day, coming of age. Not for anybody else, but for you. You want to be saved. You want the Lord. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to get a Bible into your guys' hands right here, right now. We're going to talk to you about getting into the salvation course so you can learn with your mind about what God is doing in your heart. You may not feel it. There may not be lightning flashing, but we promise you, because God has promised that he's doing something right now in your life, we're going to help you get into these courses and learn about what he's doing. For the rest of us, if you want to come of age this year, don't be embarrassed because we've all been there. If you could say this morning that in 2017, spiritually, you behave more like a child than you did like one who is accountable as an adult to your father in heaven. I just want you to come forward that we could pray. I'll be the first one to stand with you because I already told you. I would have been yelling at my mother. I would have been frustrated about what didn't go right and my reservation and this, that, and the other. But God said, grow up. And in just a moment, he showed me that if I would grow up, man, I could touch lives. I could literally be a part of people being saved physically on the freeway. What could you be a part of if you would just say, you know what? I'm not as grown as I think. I don't know as much as I think. God, I want to grow up. God, I want to be accountable. God, I don't want to point the finger. God, I'm not going to project this on others. This is about me and you, Lord. This is your year, people. 
This is your year. This is your year. For those of you that are here, God has rained down manna from heaven for you, but you got to gather it. He's done more than anybody has ever done for you. He's gone further than anybody will ever go for you. He literally has rained it down from heaven. He says, all you got to do is wake up and gather it for that day. It, it might be hard. Some days you might only be able to gather one verse. Some days you might only be able to sing one song. Some days you might just get a few minutes of just repenting and saying, God, help me. But you have daily bread that you got to go and get in 2018. You got to go and get it. I can't gather it for you. He doesn't give me enough to share. I get my own bread and you get your own bread. Oh, but he's good and he loves you. It's specially made for you. Lord, we thank you for your sons and daughters here at this altar, Lord God. We thank you that this year could be their year, Lord God. Some of them have just come to know you and just come into the church. Others have been here for years. Others have been from, from several different churches, Lord, and walked with you in different ways, Lord. But let this be the season. Let this be the year, Lord, where they go out daily and they gather that manna, Lord. Your bread from heaven, Jesus, you have things for them. Let them reflect on what, it has, what has happened in their past. What happened in 2017? We don't have to be afraid of it. We've already been forgiven. You've forgiven us for all of our sins from the day that we were born until the day that we die. You're not judging us or condemning us. We are your sons and we are your daughters. When we look back, it's not to be condemned. It's to be prepared for what's ahead of us. Let them reflect on 17, God. Let them reflect on decisions. Ways of thinking, time with you, worship, faithfulness, all that kind of stuff, Lord, that they would be prepared for what you have ahead this year. Mature them, Lord God. Put away childish things. Become men. Become women of God. We love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless them. Rain down upon them, Lord. Your grace and your mercy be all over them, Jesus. Have your way, God. Jesus, Jesus. but we're going to pray and let you have communion. I want to remind you of what it says. John chapter 6, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat of my flesh, of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I'll raise him up at the last day. My flesh is food indeed. My blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. 
As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. As we receive communion, it's not about the bread you eat in this building today. It's not about the juice that you drink. What he's saying is, feed on me. Feed on my word. Feed on my spirit. Feed on what I put into your life as you worship me. Feed on the experiences that I bring into your life to equip you for this life. It doesn't matter if you show up every Sunday and take communion. It doesn't matter if you do it once a month. If you don't understand how to feed on the Lord, the action of eating this bread and drinking this juice means nothing. I want you to pray before you receive communion this morning. We sing this song, Jesus, Jesus. The darkness trembles because they know who you are. We need to know who you are. Lord, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you for your blood that was shed for us, Lord. We come this morning to feed on you. We come to receive your word, and we come to receive your spirit. As we take this bread and as we take this juice, Lord God, our heart's desire is to be more filled with your spirit, more aware of who you are, and help us to continue to grow up into you who is our head. We love you and thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You're free to worship. You're free for communion. I was nowhere you came to my rescue. From the grave I've been raised. When I needed a savior to save me, Jesus, you made a way. listening. The Way would love you to visit our church at 451 West Lambert Road, Suite 204 in the city of Brea. Our service times are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.thewaybrea.com or you can download our church app by visiting your app store and searching The Way Brea. Be blessed.